The following is brought to you in association with and from a proud partner of the Shining Wizards Network. Entertainment here. This is Radioactive Metal, your source for news, views, tunes, and interviews. Here are your hosts, Snowy, Rock, Corrine, and Aaron. What's up, everyone, and welcome back. Um, this is a special Speak 'em All episode of Radioactive Metal. This is episode 751, and I'm Snowy White. And this is Aaron. And dear listeners, it's been so long, I've almost forgot how to do this. Um, I, I feel like it's been at least three weeks since Snowy and I have talked to each other over the mystical airwaves of the interwebernets. And man, um, this episode is brought to you, like all of our episodes, by the fine folks at True Call Coffee, T-R-V-E-K-V-L-T-Coffee.com. This is the most metal coffee you're ever going to find because it's made by metalheads for metalheads. This isn't some giant conglomerate. This isn't a guy buying his fifth yacht. I'm pretty sure Coffee Mina Cultural is only on his second or third it's top. A second yacht by now. Yeah, yeah, second yacht probably, you know, because the coffee business is so lucrative, especially when it's metal themed and you, you know, you use a uh, squiggly logo. That's that that's the you know, marketing 101. That's how they teach you to get big sales. You know, Starbucks would be a bigger company if they would just use a um, pile of sticks for their logo. But, <laughs> but I digress, right? So this is supporting a small family, right? This is, again, not a giant business, just a metalhead who loves coffee, who wants to bring great coffee to other metalheads. And that's why we love them. You know, myself, mm-hmm. who's not even a coffee drinker, I will drink True Call Coffee. And it's funny, I've actually been thinking, I need to order some for when people are visiting here. So I have right. some like, yeah. coffee on hand. Because I would actually drink a cup of this every now and then, you know. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, it's good coffee, you know. And especially, um, I, I like my my, my coffee, um, well, as Black Flag would have their coffee. Oh, there we go. That's my line. I like my coffee the way I like my flag. Black. There we go. There we go. That's a t-shirt. Yeah, it really is. I can't believe I didn't think about that. Um, black coffee blues, man. But anyway, you know, True Coke Coffee, T-R-V-E-K-V-L-T-Coffee.com. Possess yourself a cup today. What is happening, Snowman? 
Well, How's the great white north? <laughs> well, well, as 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 we speak right now, I just as soon as I got home from work, I pounded back a cup of true Kamal's coffee because it's just it has been a long Monday, so I definitely needed a little bit of a pick me up, and now I'm switching over to some fireball and fruit water here in my Amityville Horror Cup using my. Uh, Original 1976 carry shot glass. I picked those up over this past weekend because spirit is open now. Yeah. What the hell, dude? <laughs> I think it's how I did your spirit the, open I, so I early? I don't know. I, I just I think it's just the one location. I'm so jealous. Okay. <laughs> and, I am so jealous. And we were just, uh, you know, we were out in a boat, my, myself and my two bestest gals, my wife and daughter. We were, we were out and about Saturday afternoon doing our comic book shop, our record shop, going for lunch and all that. We happened to drive by where the new location was going to be. Big now open sign. Dropped That's awesome. everything and went straight in. Dude. We've actually had a couple trips there. So so far these That's last so couple fantastic weeks. man mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it, just, like, it totally makes my day and i'm so jealous because i don't think i'm gonna have one this year at least not, no, not nearby no. like i'm gonna have to have to do a little bit of driving to go to to visit a spirit this year oh that sucks man but oh, yeah, it does. It gets down, yeah because last year it was like a, every week like load the kids up let's go to spirit Mm-hmm. You know, because it was like just a you know right down the road. I'm like, son of a gun, man. Yeah, even if even if we don't buy anything, or I'll buy a little something, but just just to peruse the costumes and you know, I take lots of pictures as well, and it's just it's always a good time. It's it's it's, it's always a good time. So, Agreed, dude. yeah, yeah, as well. As we speak, it's Monday night, okay, and I swear, all of my homies, all my Winnipeg homies, are all at the arena tonight because WWF Raw is live in Winnipeg. It has just started as we speak. Yeah, yeah, so so that, that, that that's a thing, so that just, that just made me think, you know, we got... All of my friends are are out are out doing that, and here I am. I'm sitting down, hanging out with you. We're putting this out for all of our beautiful listeners. So I know, I know everyone listening now. You guys all appreciate it, and we're happy that uh, that everyone's back now. Yeah, like you said, I believe it's been almost three weeks without an episode. If I don't get this out immediately, then yeah, it just might be three weeks. It's been a while, man. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, I find it interesting that all your friends can make it out to the WWE, but yet you have told me on a Monday night, a Monday night show might not have a lot of people in the audience. Yeah. What the? Oh, you're right. Oh, I'm I'm having a chat with some people tomorrow. Oh, that's right. That's right. How many times do I see this? It's like. And an empty venue when like vicious rumors or fucking Diamond Head is in town, okay, and no one is there, but yet yet they you know because it's a weeknight and uh, and all that I gotta go to work tomorrow, 
Yeah, but you can all pile in for the for the fucking WWF. Get yeah, time to start. Some people got to start. Uh, as much as I love pro wrestling, wrestling, I'm not a big WWF guy. So I know some people they got to start uh, reexamining some priorities around here. I'm gonna have to start having some talks with some people around here. But uh, <laughs> but and of course. You know, everyone missed how full of a shit we are about all of this. But you know what? It's still, it's kind of, it is kind of true. It is kind of true. So, yeah, yeah. So that's kind of what's going on around here with, um, with tonight, tonight's show. Um, during our brief little hiatus. The 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 legendary the the legendary debut record from Metallica, "Kill 'Em All," made its debut forty years ago. Yeah, and I felt really old. I'm like, wow. <laughs> so we immediately got on the horn with each other and said, "We have got to talk yeah. all things Kill 'Em All." Like forty years, like that's. You know, like when 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 someone turns thirty, that's a big deal. When someone turns fifty, that's a big deal. I happen to think when someone turns forty as well, that's a big deal. So uh, yeah, yeah. So I figured we'd sit down, discuss all things, kill them all, and um, we've we've got a, we've got a lot of other things to talk about. You know, in my metal fix, I took in a ton of shows. Bought a ton of records and comics, magazines. I got a stack of wax here ready to go. So we're going to start rocking and rolling right now. Um, but to get us to all of that, we're going to uh, get into this week's mandatory metal, courtesy of the good folks at True Cavalt Coffee. And now I don't like to repeat playing artists very often you know a new a new i'll buy a new record a new a new album will, will come across my desk and we'll play it if we really dig it and like that will kind of be it until the next release unless we do an interview or the live you know they come through town or whatever then that kind of justifies a, a, a second playing well, you will recall um, last year, earlier, earlier this year, perhaps, um, Japanese crust band um, Cruelty, their uh, new record, Untopia, came across my desk. And I just, oh, this is absolutely fantastic. We played it. We had a grand old time. Recently, they came through town. I unbelievably like then it was actually Cruelty's very first Canadian gig here. Well, what an absolute honor that is. So with that in mind, seeing them the first time, picking up the Untopia record on vinyl, it's like, dude, I got it. We got to give it another spin for True Cavalt's Coffee, a mandatory metal. So without any without further ado this is japan's cruelty with harder than before
We've been very busy this week. Here's our metal fix. Okay, dude. Like I said, we probably got a lot to discuss in this week's metal fix. So what's uh, going on? All right. Well, let me tell you here. First, uh, first up is um, I have been living the Beatles eight days a week here because from Sunday to Sunday, I played my bass with other people every single day. Okay. And it was fantastic. I think, I think, I can't remember if I talked about it on the air. I think I did tell you, but I am playing for a musical here. Um, and it's a heavy jazz score and it's, it's super fun. And it's just been an absolute blast. Like I can't remember the last time I've actually had calluses on these fingers from playing. <laughs> All right. on. You know, coming home every night, my fingers are super sore. I'm digging in, playing hard. We got this great drummer. His name's Gus. And um, the music director, he's like, hey, on the exit music, people are walking out. They have no idea what's going on. You guys just have fun. Well, so Gus started having fun. And when the drummer has fun, the bass player has fun. Because mm-hmm. now it's like, oh, yeah, let me lean into what you're doing. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> oh, so good, dude. So much fun. And want to hear something funny. So because like I've been trying to find out more about the particular musical that I'm playing and it's called Ruthless. And if Mm. anybody ever sees Ruthless in your area, and if you are a fan of parodies, if you are a fan of South Park, I think you would appreciate this musical because it's over the top like South Park. It is, um, and honestly, I think it came up before South Park, but it's the, um, you know, the principle of South Park was how could we do an Archie Bunker character today? Let's make them eight years old. <laughs> and that's the same uh-huh. sort of thing. It's not an Archie Bunker Bunker character, but, you know, like this eight year old um, kills one of her classmates to get the lead in the musical. Uh-huh. You know, and so and, and that just sets them off on this journey. And. And they just take stereotypes to the max. So, like, the the little girl character who's eight, she looks like a twisted Shirley Temple with a costuming. The um, her mom is like the stereotypical Jean Cleaver, Jean or June Cleaver, sorry, fifties housewife, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's so much fun and so over the top. But um, so I was trying to trying to find out more about these things, and I'm texting a friend of mine. I'm like, hey. Check out what I just found. Here's Broadway HD. Um, and okay. it's like, you subscribe, I think it's like 15 bucks a month. It's one of the pricier subscriptions, but it's actual like live Broadway shows that have been filmed and they're preserving, you know, live theater. And my buddy tells me, he's like, yeah, he's like, I found out that you can watch full musicals like that on Pornhub. Oh, Okay. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> you got to tell me this story. And he's like, he was listening to some podcast. And the minute he said it, I'm like, it totally made sense. Because if you're looking for a bootleg musical online, where's the last place you're going to look? Mm-hmm. Right? That's the last place anybody is looking. If they're trying to police, uh, you know, illegal posts of musicals, that's the last place they're going. Right. And so I'm like, that's hysterical. I was like, yeah, I watched Evita a couple of years ago. I'm like, Dude, wow. you're killing me. You're wow. killing me. It's so much fun. So anyway, yeah, uh, so that, so, that was that story. Go ahead. I, I wish porn didn't scare me. 
okay, because like viruses freak me out. Like, well, like, you know, like, you can't like, get it unless you're actually having sex with a girl. It's okay. No, no, yeah, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> but just, just like, I couldn't resist, like, man. Like, like I, I've, I've said this more than once. It's like I, when I say I don't watch porn on the computer or yeah. on my phone yeah. or anything like that because like viruses freak me out. Yeah, and I know I have protection and all that. There we Times. are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but still, I just I just don't go there. And like I know whenever I say this, I got people in their heads. Yeah, sure, snowy. Yeah, yeah, whatever. So yeah, well, that's, I feel that's, like that's, in Winnipeg, there's probably still a nice video rental store with the um room in the back quote um actually i think the one that mrs snowy worked at years ago now they still rent out videos and they're selling off all all their old stuff and i haven't been in there in more than a more than a decade now but i think yeah they might actually still not be renting it out but selling off the stock in their back room now i don't know i should maybe go and check out see what you know, because they might might have some good movies there. Or you maybe can get a classic, Dick Man and Throbbing. There, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude. Uh, right? Yeah. So then another buddy, my buddy yeah, John, right. listens to the show from college. <laughs> he he texts me, and I mean, this has to be weeks ago now, right? Because you know we haven't done an episode in a while. He's like. Thanks to you guys, I just used Smoke Show talking to one of my friends. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I had to share that. Um, <laughs> right on. Right okay. On. And then, all right. So I, th- I guess it was three weeks ago now. We talked about Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, mm-hmm. uh, which unfortunately apparently did not do very well in the theaters and it was kind of in and out. Right. Um, my buddy that I met at the Henry Allen's show, he happens to work at a local movie theater, and he bumped into me and my son when we were there. You know, scared the crap out of me because when I'm focused, I don't hear anything. Right. And, um, and he saw, you know, we were in watching that that show, you know, that showing, and um, he surprised me after you know the, the showing stopped. He got me uh, uh, two different Indiana Jones posters, like the actual theater promo posters that are double wow that's fantastic Uh, dude i was thrilled Uh, and and i tell them all the time like i still can't believe i had these i have frames coming so i can finally get them hung up um and get them off my desk so they're safe but i've just i've never had a poster like this i'm like wow it's so cool dude so right on right on yeah that at said video store where the missus used to work at she used to bring home promo posters all the time i love stuff like that dude yeah yeah like just stuff stuff you don't get to find all the time like yeah you can go into a lot of stores and buy a poster but you know the original promo poster like that's that's some cool shit yeah agree all right so this week, as we record this, right, this weekend, as we record, it will be the weekend of August 18th through 20th, right? Right. And Metallica will be in Texas and live streaming to movie theaters across the world oh. uh, both nights. 
Shit, is that this weekend? That is this weekend, and don't worry, I've got your local theater pulled up. We're going to pick some seats for you. Oh, oh, well, all right. Because, you know, this is the internet. We can do those things now. But to get myself prepared, I had ordered a T-shirt from Metallica for this. Mm -hmm. And I get this package, and it shows up. And I'm like, who the hell is this from? Because I'm looking at the address, and it says Artist Endeavor. I'm like, okay, it's got to be something rock and roll, right? If it says Mm -hmm. Artist Endeavor, Endeavor. But then the name on it is Harvey F. Sorrow. All right. And I'm like, Harvey F. Sorrow? What? Hmm. Who is Harvey? Harvester of Sorrow. Of this sorrow. is my Metallica yep. t-shirt, right? So <laughs> I've been waiting, um, honestly, weeks at this point to open it. Oh, so open it right now. I'm going to open it up live. I sure live am, on man. the air for all of our beautiful listeners. This is awesome. So when when they did the the release party, I got the special shirt too for that night. And mm. I I don't know who did this art, but I really 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 hope that they um, do this in a poster because I will get this in a poster. But it's the live in cinemas August eighteenth and twentieth, twenty twenty three. No repeat set list night, and it's got this great like horned skull creature with a guitar coming out of a movie theater, kind of like some of the old 3D horror posters you'd see, and there's people in the movie theater, and it says Metallica, and it's awesome, and I cannot wait for this show. Now, we've got to get you tickets, dude. you got to go Sunday night. Well, or Friday night, I mean, but I literally, because I'm, I'm playing again all weekend, and um, the, the show for me isn't going get, to get out until after midnight. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm taking the next day off. So... Uh, I'm taking the next day off, but you've still got a lot of good seats, man. For which? For which for night? Sunday night. I'm looking at Sunday night right now. Whoa, just curious. Which theater are you looking at? Uh, the crap. I don't see the theater name. I just selected it here. It's the Cineplex. Okay. So, Scotia Bank Theater, that one. Scotia Bank, yeah, Scotia like Bank? As, Scotia in Nova, Bank. as in Nova Scotia. Like oh, Scotia. okay, right. okay, yeah, that's I, yeah, I'm in that theater a lot. Okay, so the Scotia Bank Theater. Does it tell me which theater? It doesn't tell me which which room. But anyway, there there's only let's see here. I mean, this is this is a decent sized theater, right? This probably holds at least a hundred people in it. Oh, more than yeah. Um, it just in this particular one here, and there's, it's you can tell the ones like everything right dead in the middle is sold except for like two rows, okay. uh, maybe three rows. But for me, I like to sit like on the left or the right, and so there's there's still decent seats left, dude. Like if you okay. and the misses are going to go, you can definitely get a, get a pair. Or if you're going to take take the entire brood, you could definitely get four seats together still. I can't. I can't see our daughter going to this. No. Oh come on. I don't know. She's the punkest chick you're ever going to meet with no interest in move music outside of Disney music. So disappointed. Uh, <laughs> I'm just. I just. When she was a kid, I just. You know, you know, you know how kids discover rock and roll to be a rebel. Yeah. And all that. Well, just 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 to be a rebel, she's going to come home one day. I like country music and I'm voting conservative. 
Take that, Dad. <laughs> I, somehow, I don't see no. that happening. No, not at all. Possibly the country music thing, but but definitely not the voting conservative thing. No, not at all. Trust yeah. me. Oh. Yeah, yeah. It's I, I can't really even have a political conversation with my daughter because we agree on everything. Like, <laughs> like it's you know she's she's pretty radical and so am I. So it's like well. Well, because well, you know, like the 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 parent and the and the rebellious offspring are supposed to clash when it comes to social and political issues, and it's like, well, we'll have to find something else, I guess. Well, yeah, and I mean that's why you don't like the same music. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> there we go. I've I've never had I've never go you know when she's when she's listening to that stuff in her bedroom when she lived at home I never pounded on the door turn that shit down turn that little mermaid shit down you know <laughs> whatever I never had to, that's funny I never had to do that yeah 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 so what else you got I think that's it really yeah right yeah on. that's my list already so yeah yeah huh. it's dude it's been a crazy few weeks man it sounds like it Oof. You know, just between making sure we're ready for the musical, trying to practice that every night, and then work has been handing my butt to me on a regular basis. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, okay. Well, for myself, since we were just talking about the movies and all that, I'm going to start off my local art house theater, the Cinematheque, every Tuesday... For the month of August, or every, every Tuesday, okay, no no matter what, is their um, cult movie night where they air two cult classics, like a horror film or, or something, you know. Well, all through the month of August, the 1986, 87, Trick or Treat, and Black Roses. No way. Those two movies are uh, are airing last Tuesday, and every you know our longtime listeners know that. Okay, Trick or Treat is a favorite movie of ours. We did the watch along. Man. You know, I've we've got the movie memorized. I have the soundtrack on vinyl, on CD, on cassette. One of my all time favorite films. I never got to see it in the theater i, I can't even begin to tell just, you how yeah. much i'd love to see that in the theater oh, so oh. well i made my way out and i might do it and i might do it again later on in the month but yeah to check out trick-or-treat and black roses and everything yeah that we loved about trick-or-treat was just like right there in the theater right there in our face and all that extra cool points Okay, because you know how some movies in different areas of the world get released with different titles for whatever legal mumbo-jumbo bullshit or whatever? Oh, yeah. Well, this trick-or-treat, okay, in some parts has gone under the name Ragman. You know, though oh, that's the Oh, I remember thing. hearing that. I can't remember why. Because um, Eddie Weinbauer, the main character of Trick or Treat, his nickname was Ragman. In the movie? In the movie, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so when I, I sat down 
the lights went down, the movie comes on, the credits start, boom, Ragman, the title card. <gasps> wow. Oh my God. Like extra points, oh. extra cool points. <laughs> so, Dude. Yeah, it was absolutely fantastic. Oh, I'm so jealous, man. So jealous. Now, Black Roses. Okay. So I am familiar oh. with that poster. I've never yes. seen the movie and I know nothing about it. Don't bother. Okay. okay. Like I, I saw it. I bought the soundtrack right away. Like I saw it once as a teenager when it came out on VHS, me and some buddies, we sat down with a case of beer and whatnot. And we watched this movie and as a dumb teenager, all right, this movie was pretty cool. You know, it's right in the middle of the whole satanic panic and the story fits in story fits in with that and all that but it's just and the soundtrack is fantastic like lizzie borden's me against the world like is basically the theme song to it the movie itself is just horrible <laughs> when you see it through a sober adult's eyes yeah not good not good the the effects were terrible the acting was terrible it just it, it just did not come together as well as it should. There is this one sequence. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm all for gratuitous nudity in a movie. Okay? Let's just get that out there right now. But they had this if one If I was sequence. in a movie, I would purposely want to be <laughs> nude. That's right. That's right. Like, That's right. Be like um, this is about the Victorian period. You should be completely clothed right now. No, I'm going to walk around naked. Uh, I'm, good. I'm good. I'm good, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, well, they sorry. This, they, they had this one scene, and it was obviously a body double, okay? Because the main actress, I guess, just didn't want to give up the goods, and that's fair ball. Well, yeah. Okay. But they had this one scene where it was it was the it was a mirror reflection of the character's torso, right? And she has, you know, she takes off her shirt, her boobs are out. And it's just a minute of her kind of jostling her boobs and all that, just kind of playing with herself and all that. And then it switches to that character clothed in a different sequence. Everyone in the theater could not help but laugh just how bad that was. Uh, just a terrible, terrible oh, it, it was. It, yeah. It, it works because it's just it just like if you're going to do gratuitous nudity, fine, but do it, you know, like the character is changing into her, her Halloween costume or something like give it a reason for her to be naked. You know, Porky's, there was a reason for the girls to be naked. Right. All things, you know. <laughs> There was absolutely no reason for this, but I will say, okay, if you can find Trick or Treat on DVD, VHS, not VHS, but on DVD or a streaming channel or something, by all means, don't worry about Black Roses. Get the soundtrack, though. Oh, yeah, Tr Trick or Treat's totally worth it. Now, oh, I'm checking out Black Roses. I didn't realize Carmine Apiece was in it. Yeah, that's one of the... One of the uh, one of the bright spots about it is he was the drummer of the Black Roses well, band. Well, here's what's really funny to me. So, Carmine Apiece, 
has a brother, Vinny Apice. The right. names are spelled the same way, but they both pronounce them differently. And oh, that's okay. been the joke. And I think it happened because like somebody somebody called one of them wrong, and so the two of them have just run with it. So if it's Carmine, it's Carmine Apice. If it's Vinny, it's Vinny Apice. Oh, but okay. in his character in Black Roses is Vinny Apache. Which is close to his brother's name of Vinny Apice, you know. So I just find that funny. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know they had two different pronunciations. I didn't know about this joke. Well, so I, I I've only heard it finally because it's been one of those things where everybody's always pronounced it differently. And Dean Del Rey had both of them on because they're both drummers, right? Mm-hmm. And he he's like, all right. Is it apathy or is it a piece? And I can't remember which one it was. He's like, ah, it just depends on which one of us you're talking to, <laughs> you know. And then they started breaking it down. I'm like, holy shit, is that funny? Like, like it's absolutely hysterical to, to me. Dude. Wow. Yeah, so, yeah, I I did not know that's. Yeah, and it's been going on for years, and they literally just like let everybody be like, what the fuck for years, <laughs> like years. <laughs> Right on, right on. Yeah, yeah, because they've been around for years and all and, and all that. It's been been a long time since I heard any King Cobra, though. Like outside yeah. of that movie. So well, yeah, and so yeah. speaking of King Cobra, because I saw that um, the singer of King Cobra was also in the movie, and did not realize that uh, the singer is now Marcy. Oh. Oh, did, that, okay. did you miss that one too? Uh, I guess. Yeah, so, so did, did I'm he, sure at the time she would have been credited as Mark Edward Free. Okay. Um, but apparently, somewhere in the 90s, or yeah, I'm not even sure if that's when it was, maybe it was like late 90s, 2000s. Um, but um, it finally became, no, it looks like 93 here, finally became Marcy. Ah, see, yeah. I didn't know that either. Yeah, me neither. Right on. Like, well, oh, well, good for her. That. That's yeah, that's yeah, it. exactly. But, uh, but I'm like, Marcy Free? Who's Marcy Free? I clicked. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, yeah. yeah Makes good sense. for her, man. Makes sense. Makes sense. Since we're kind of sticking to the, the movie realm yeah. here. Okay, and I think this just popped up recently. It's relatively new because they don't have a lot of content yet. But what they have is totally worth the seven bucks a month. Okay. I've taken out a, a monthly subscription now to Thunderflix. Thunderflix, F L I X. Yeah, F F L I X X. Yeah, does that ring a bell? Uh, no, I'm looking it up right now. Okay, well, Thunderflix is okay. Think, Thunderflix, think, think Netflix, okay, but all metal concerts, documentaries, videos, uh, just every, 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 everything kind of metal related. How and did I you discover it, this? Well, I was just just I just saw it on Facebook. There was some Facebook pages about it popping up on my timeline. I'm like, well, this is cool. This is cool. Well, when I get home, I'm going to see if it's available on, like, the Roku, you know. And sure enough, I went, I, I got home, checked it out, searched Thunderflix, boom, down, 
downloaded the app seven bucks a month. This is absolutely fantastic. Inside metals on here. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of Bob, our old buddy Bob, Bob oh. Nelvan, you know, all of his all of his docs are there. Some of the old um uh the the classic album series that we used to get up here on much more music, but yep. I think it was on VH1 in the US, I think. Well, all of those, all of those are up there. Um, there's a number of awesome DVDs, like concert DVDs. They're streaming. A uh, lot, a lot of cool documentaries. Uh, so I'm looking at right here: Total Thrash, the Teutonic Story. Mm-hmm. The very first thing I watched was the history of metal and horror. Obviously. <sighs> just scroll to that as you're uh, it was it was an absolutely awesome doc uh, there's just a number like it's just talking about the the connection between metal and horror you know the artwork Dude. and how a lot of metal artists are are horror film fans and vice versa they had a number of uh metal artists and a number of horror film uh Artists as well, Tom Savini, Gunnar Hansen before he passed away, showing that this has some age on it. Um, Dude, yeah, just the first four. Alice Cooper, John Carpenter, Rob Zombie, and Kirk Hammett. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Holy crap. And as we were going, as I'm going along, it's like, oh, Blothar, we've had him on. Oh, the the butcher babies, the ladies, we've had them on. And it's just one person after another of radioactive metal alum are in this dock as well. Wow. It's like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's absolutely fantastic. Everyone I know, if you don't have Thunderflix and you're listening to this, I'm sure by now you're doing what Aaron is doing. You're on the interwebs. You're checking it out. When you... Lay down your seven bucks a month for this. Make that the first thing that you watch. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The second, there was a live um, modern thrash band playing a festival in Europe, Trader. I, 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 I checked out that show and then started watching Megadeth in Buenos Aires. But then I had to step out because I was going out, going out to a gig that night, so... Yeah, I'm already off and running. I I made a little joke status on my Facebook saying, well, I'm going to be stepping away for a while. I got some things going on in my life. I'm going to have to take a little hiatus. I, I, you know, don't don't worry about me. I'll be fine. I'm being all melancholy here. And then I wrap it up by saying, because I just took out a subscription to Thunderflakes. <laughs> so, so, so I even had one of my friends comment, oh, you, had, you actually had me going there <laughs> for a second. You know, because the idea is there's just so much wicked content on this that I'm not going to have much time to do anything else other than watch all of this. And all that. So Thunder Flips, definitely. There's so much good stuff on here, dude. Yeah, yeah. You're definitely going to have to uh to uh take out a uh subscription yourself. I hit the comic book shop. Yeah. And of course one of the wicked comics. 
that I picked up. Um, taken out of the bag here. But a biocomic all on King Diamond. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. From courtesy of Ten Ton Press. They've done uh, many bands, Exodus, Guar, Slayer in the past, Spinal Tap, you know. It was quite a lovely surprise to see them tackling King Diamond, though. And it's got this this cool biography where this super fan is talking with King about all of his career. And, you know, there's going to be a twist on it in the end and all that. And it's just like, oh, oh. and I, I didn't even look at it. I didn't even flip through it. Actually, it was my wife that pointed it out. Good eye, good eye. And I just, yoink, mine. You know, didn't even look at it. It's just like, I need that. That's awesome. Definitely, dude. definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hit I had a couple shows here the last couple weeks. I'm not going to go into too much detail because, like I said, this is going to be a pretty big metal fix here. But the Mighty Ripcords came through town. And, of course, Ripcords, um, legendary Canadian punk band. We've had, we've had the main man behind them, Paul Gott, on the show and all that. And I definitely... Like, as our listeners have noticed about the last year, 10 months or whatever, kind of taking a sabbatical from doing interviews. Because, you know, like, we're coming up on 17 years now in October. So, like, most of that is, like, weekly interviews, you know. And what people don't see is the hustle and bustle like that goes behind, you know, doing you know, phone tag with TMs and and emailing with PR and all that. And I was just kind of getting burnt, you know, out of 16 years of, of doing that. But hanging and talking with Paul Gott and um, Sienna from 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 Cruelty, you know, it, it just it just made me thinking, man, like, dude. Why is your recorder not in your hand? Why are you not pressing play and all that? So I guess maybe the bug is starting to come back. I don't know. It should, um, it, it definitely had me going. And um, Rick Records always, always put on a fantastic show. Is that my, it was at our former co-hostess, Sky. She was putting it on at Bulldogs. That's absolutely fantastic time. The main support was a cool band out of um, Regina that we're going to uh, get into a little later on in our indie spotlight at that at the show. Okay, I want to give a a hello and horns up to my little buddy Ray. Okay, I haven't shot stick pool, you know, in in quite a while, and I used to be, you know, I used to be just just call me Manitoba Fats. Okay. <laughs> It's it's it, but it 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 had been a while since I was shooting stick. She asked me if I wanted to play. It's like okay, cool, cool. So it was kind of a surreal rock and roll moment shooting stick with her, uh, watching the rip cords. So yeah, I want to say thank you 
for that really special memory. There is this cool death metal band. Okay, you you know how the joke is you can't understand the death metal logos? Yes. You see, we you the, see the memes all around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, like it, it's totally relevant. And I think this one band... Like, because their logo, even you the most, like, the only way you'll know it's this band is just by remembering the design of the logo. Because even the most hardened, you know, the most hardy death metal vocalist has no idea, you know, of um, Sanguisagogabogs. How's that go? Don't ask me to ask it a second time. Come on, come on, say it again. Sagwasagagabog. <laughs> that that is my best way of pronouncing it. The like I said, the logo was absolutely undecipherable. I can't even pronounce it. It's just funny though when the support bands, you know, and this happens at every show when you have three or four bands on one bill. The, the support acts are, you know, the second band in. Yeah, let's hear it for the band that was just on, or let's hear it for your local bands. And who's all excited for, insert headliner here. And everyone, yeah, okay. Just the way the vocalist from Vomit Forth at this particular show, just the way he was able to pronounce Sag was Sagabog, like it was nothing. I'm like, how do you do that? Like, how do you do that? They, yeah, that's a lot. They, they must be friends. They, they must be friends and all that. So, yeah. I never thought I would ever see the day that Cruelty, who were on that bill and stole the show for me, I never thought they would ever come to town. And I never thought Sanguisagabog <laughs> was ever coming to winnipeg okay kind of gotta move on here i bought a bought some cool records over our time here grab some rip chords and bats out from uh from the rip chord show including um some seven inch rip chords eps as well um defeated sanity came through town i grabbed their latest record on vinyl and the death metal band Stabbing was uh, was one of the support bands, and I bought their latest CD. And it's always kind of funny, like they the the vocalist from Stabbing said this a couple times, where she goes, "Hi, we're Stabbing." Okay, who who are you stabbing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of a wise ass. I'm kind of a wise ass. Just this past week, weekend, I was in the record shop. Hello and horns up to Dave from from Planet of Sound here in Winnipeg. Um, when I was a teenager, I had um, the Skinny Puppy EP remission. Okay, are you familiar? You're familiar oh, yeah. with Skinny Puppy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, huge, huge, huge Canadian industrial band. I don't know what happened to it, but I just kind of lost it to the ages. Well, sure enough, they had a new copy 
of the first Skinny Puppy EP, so I snagged that right away. The main dude behind um, Skinny Puppy was also on uh, the history of metal and horror, because, like, obviously, a band like Skinny Puppy is seen more than one uh more than more than one horror movie i'm sure over the years uh the halloween series okay the new timeline you know with with jamie lee curtis picking up after the yeah yeah the the most recent three and it's a it's a whole new timeline every one of those three has a kick-ass soundtrack and i've been fortunate enough to pick up everyone because it's like the music itself. Okay, even if you're not big on the Halloween movies or you really don't care about horror films and all that, I I totally suggest these albums because it's just a wicked instrumentation by John Carpenter, who's a genius as it is. But as well, he works with his son Cody and Daniel Davies on all three of these albums. And Daniel Daniel Davies, as you will we will call, we were talking about this before. Daniel is the son of uh Ray Davies from the Kinks. Yeah. Yeah, so that's really cool. Um and finally I'm glad that you mentioned Raiders of the Lost Ark. Because I went on to Facebook, old gold vintage vinyl. Big shout out to Brent there and the good folks there. Thursday, one of the Thursdays from this past week, when he goes on Facebook and he says, here's our new releases that I'm putting on the shelf tomorrow, which is Friday, which I can't get there. You know, I have to wait till Saturday the next day. Well, he's got a vinyl copy of John Williams' Raiders of the Lost Ark. No. Oh, dude, why? And I've said this to him. I'm like, dude, why do you put them out on Friday? You do it just to torment me. Oh, yeah. You know, like, because you know that I can't come in till Saturday. And we, we we had a good laugh about that. Well... The Saturday rolls along. I get there as soon as I can. I walk in. I didn't even say hi. I wasn't trying to be rude. I didn't even say hi. I went straight to the soundtrack. Yes. Yes. I got it in my hand right here. I'm holding it up in the air in victory. I got Raiders of the Lost Ark on vinyl. Uh, absolutely fantastic. We I, As soon as we got home, we put it on. We cranked it because this is this is music that the missus loves as well. And it's actually stuff that my daughter can listen to when we're in the car and all that. Like, we'll listen to Star Wars or Avengers or, like, all of these movies. They all make wicked music. You know, as a family, we're really enjoying uh, Junkie XL's uh, version of Come Together for the from the Justice League soundtrack. That is absolutely amazing. Oh, nice. I, it, it, it's, it's an absolutely incredible song. I, everyone, even if you don't care for Superman and Wonder Woman or whatever, go and check this song out. It's absolutely fantastic. So we got all that. Finally. Okay, we're going to get to some music here. Uh, okay, how do I want to start this? Because, okay, there 
is a local dude. There's a couple lo- local musicians. One of them is drummer David David Kroll. Okay, Kroll. We've we've had him on the show a couple times with his death metal bands, Immortal Possession and Votive. Okay, another one of his band is another one of his bands, who it they're mostly a studio band because the other members live in the u.s and the local guys live here so it's it's like it's predominantly a studio band but they have got together for a couple gigs they're known as wreck defy okay you know instead of testify you got rectify with a comma in between the two or the a um a space sort of in between the two compounds okay really cool really cool their latest record is going to be available on Massacre Records as well. Okay, this is really cool. A lo- local boy makes good, you know, on Massacre. This is this is awesome. Derek mentions, okay, on Facebook that the past Friday coming up on our local one of our local corporate rock stations, 92 City FM, they have their mandatory metal section, which we were calling ours for years now. Hey, they're well, fans of the show, for, and I appreciate the, the love they show us. They do. Obviously, that's it. Well, it was announced that Rectify was going to be as um, as was going to be the the mandatory metal band. On Friday, with their version of April Wine's "Sign of the Gypsy Queen." Oh, okay, I get it. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a Canadian classic rock classic, and by playing this, it gets part of their thirty percent, you know, CanCon in there and all that. But I still, I still thought it was pretty cool because Mr. DJ Man, during the intro actually dropped everyone's name dropped dropped derek's and the bassist and all that the other members of rectify and this is the reason why they live in the u.s is former testament dude um greg christian and the current vocalist for heathen now i figured okay they're playing this for that lame reason it's still cool they're doing it but Mr. DJ Man is just going to come in and go, oh, this is Rectify, April Wine, Sign of the Gypsy Queen. No, he took time out to name drop everyone. Oh, wow. And to, yeah, yeah. Like, hey, he didn't have to do that. I wasn't expecting him to do that. But he did. And it was so cool. I went to another all-local gig um, Saturday night that Ninja Cat put, put on. And I ran into Derek, and we must have, for about half an hour, we just must have just sat there and just yapped about their next record, them getting on 92, you know, just the business in general and everything. And I said, you know what, dude? I'm sorry, I'm not going to be able to play the the, the April Wine song, but, you know, I'll do one better. We'll go into the Rectify uh back catalog and come up with something cool for this week's metal fix so let's do that hopefully i'm introducing 
all of our listeners to a band you're really going to get behind and enjoy. I think this was 2001's The World Enslaved. This is Rectify with a fashionably offended.
Montreal has more girls and guys in the pit. Something we like to encourage. This one's called Girls in the Pit.
Okay, now, since I was talking about the trick-or-treat and black roses, yeah, like, I'm sure everyone, well, no, 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 maybe not, maybe not everyone, not the people that listen to this show, because maybe the obvious choice was to do a fast way song from the trick-or-treat, which, that's an amazing record in, in itself, maybe the Lizzie Borden, Me Against the World, that's an absolutely fantastic song, but I know our listeners by now, if I was to drop a track from one of those movies, it had to be Hallow's Eve's D.I.E. Death and Effect. What a fantastic tune that was. And that originally came out from Hallow's Eve's second album, Death and Insanity. And when I saw it a couple years later on this soundtrack, it's like, oh, yeah, ah, Hallow's Eve, you know, it's. Totally makes sense. One of the most underrated uh, thrash bands from the 80s, for sure, for sure. And before that, had to do it, had to go with a ripcord song, one of their, one of my favorites of theirs. That was Girls in the Pit. And what a great thing that is. You know, I remember, okay, even in the punk scene in the 80s and all that, like the first time I was seeing, we, we didn't even call it moshing back then. With slamming, slam dancing, and all that. I don't remember that expression coming around until, like, Anthrax started using it. Now, I'm sure yeah. maybe maybe other regions of the world, their punk scene was using moshing and all that, like, in the old CBGBs or, or whatever. I actually hadn't heard that expression before because, like I said, we were calling it slam and slam dancing up, up here and all that. And there were no girls in the pit back then. Yeah. At least, at least none, none that I saw. And now, you know, rock and roll. You go out there and you, uh, you take your piece of the, uh, of the pit pie, shall we say. You, you go on with your bad self, ladies. Just the unfortunately, this day and age, though... When there are girls in the pit, especially when they're my friends, our former um, co-hostess, Elizabeth, every time she got in the pit, like I always made sure to keep my eye out. The first little pervert that wanted to touch these girls the wrong way was going to be shown the door because it, unfortunately it, it just kind of happens. And, and fortunately as well, I didn't see much of that up, up here, so... Good on them, good on them. Great track, rip chords. Check it out, girls in the pit. I know you're excited, dude. I know you're excited for this week's uh, this week's discussion. I thought I was a I huge am. Metallica fan. I I I don't even think I can touch you when it comes to when it comes to Metallica because like my, my the height of my of my Metallica fandom was the 80s probably and it didn't fall very far with and justice for all but the height of my metallicaness was the master puppets record and um so like that's that that's the era for me and in that that era produced one of the all-time great metal records not only the underground but it's 
since Metallica like has gone through the stratosphere, you know, Kill 'Em All, that classic debut record, has now basically gone mainstream. <laughs> you know, there's like, and it's it's really hard to believe because hasn't yeah. it gone? Hasn't it gone like? multi-platinum many times over over well, the years? Well, I was actually just going to ask now? you, because I, I had that up, right? So, okay. I was going to ask you, what do you think it's certified here in the United States? It's got to be five, at least five times platinum. Well, it's three times platinum, four and a half million copies certified. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Now, think back. Yeah. When you first heard Kill 'em All, there was no way that I would ever think this record would even go gold. Oh, dude. When I first heard, heard Kill 'em All, like, I mean, <laughs> it, we were probably like one of like 50,000 copies, if it was even that many, you know, because I think I would have first heard Kill 'em All in 86 or 87. No, okay, no, that's no. good. Probably no, probably eighty six. Probably eighty six. Okay, that's actually not too further after after I did. How did you just? How did you find it? All right. So my introduction to Metallica would have been Master of Puppets. Okay. Right, and so that's the album that like drew me in. I'm like, wow, is this amazing? And then I am the only kid in my high school, well, probably one of two in my high school to play bass guitar, right? And mm -hmm. um, so, you know, it, 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 I'm as in demand as drummers at this point um, because we didn't have a lot of drummers. We didn't have a lot of bass players, but guitar players are a dime a dozen. And everybody thinks right. they can sing. So the... Um, uh, there's a kid up the street from me. I don't even know how many years older than me he was. He may have graduated in 87. Um, okay. So uh, he might have been a senior when I was a freshman. But he, you know, he's like, hey, you play bass. I need a bass player. And he's the one that uh, lent me his copy of Kill em All. Oh, okay. Like, he's the reason I got to hear it. And... Um, so I, I made a tape of his con uh, of, of his, you know, vinyl copy and dude, like I, I will never forget hearing anesthesia pulling teeth for the first time. Uh -huh. The second you said bass in this conversation, it's like, I know where Aaron's going. Oh yeah. This. Yeah. Because I mean, like, you know, when, when you're a bass player, there's not a ton of great bass players, right? Or, or okay, not that there's not great but, bass players, because there's not honestly a lot of great bass players. There's, there's not some, a yeah. lot of well-known bass players. There we are. That's right. right. It's kind of like I was talking to the kid who's playing in the musical with me, and um, I'm like, so who are the clarinet heroes? Because he, he's a clarinetist. I'm like, I know one, Woody Herman, and that guy's from the 40s, right? So... Okay. You know, when you think about bass, the only two bass players that people really knew where I was was Billy Sheehan and Steve Harris. And I had no idea who Billy Sheehan was at the time. 
right? right? Or that he was, you know, the big deal that he is. Um, but I was a Steve Harris guy, you know, which honestly kind of fits when you think about just the genres and stuff that I'm into. Um, but, you know, obviously Gene Simmons first, because that, that's what kisses, what got me going. But then it's Steve Harris. And then you, you hear Cliff Burton. It's like, holy shit. Like, wow. Because <laughs> the thing with the anesthesia pulling teeth is that it's more than a bass solo. It's composition. And this is where, you know, because like, you know, I started off the show talking about I've been playing every night playing a musical and it's like a heavy jazz score. And I really love music, dude. Like, like we've talked about this on air, off air, but I love music. I love all kinds of music. And um, there, there's a piece of music that is very famously, you know, made like, like transcribed and rearranged for several instruments that Bach did. And it was called the cello suites, Bach's cello suites. And, you know, they, they arrange it for classical guitar. They arrange for all this stuff. And it's this beautiful piece of music. And I guarantee you've probably heard it. But Anesthesia Pulling Teeth is on that level. It's on that level of composition. It, it's, you, you, you can put it right there, right? And, and when I heard it in the 80s, I knew that. Right. I could hear the classical influences. I could hear the composition. I could hear the approach to composition. I could hear that this was more than, um, you know, like a one, four, five blues progression. Like this was an evolution of classical music, which I love. Right. Like Mozart, one of my all time favorite composers. And I, I could hear that. And trying to talk to people about that was like just beating my head against the wall until it bled because nobody could get past the distortion. Nobody can get past the wah. Nobody can get past the screaming. They can't get past the lyrics, the art, you know, they can't get past anything to hear the music. Right. So fast forward to 2019 when in October Metallica does S&M 2 and Scott mm -hmm. Pingle on an electric upright and Scott we've had on this show you can go back in our archives yeah. and check it out but Scott yeah, Pingle right, we did. does anesthesia pulling teeth on an electric upright now I That's saw sick. this for the first time in the same theater I'm going to go see um, the Metallica show here and there where I also went to the, the release party right and um, I remember sitting in the theater and they said they're going to do anesthesia. And I'm like, I, I, I was tensing up because I don't want to hear any other bass player play anesthesia pulling teeth. I hated when Newstead would try it. I love Trujillo to death. I don't want to hear him play it. Like, like it's, it's one of those things where it's like retire the jersey, in, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. You know, like, like retire yeah, the jersey. Like I, I get it. You're paying tribute. Just no, not for me, you know? And so Scott gets up there with his electric upright and dude, I'm freaking out inside. I'm like, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit. And he starts playing it. I'm like, oh my, like the same chills that I used to get on my, uh, uh, you know, like, like, you know, how, like when your hair stands up on your arms, 
I would get that yeah. every time I would listen to that as a kid. And just boom. All the hairs on my arms are standing up again. It's just like, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit. And, and I'm just, I am in the entire time. And, and it's and it's just like, finally, I just like want to get a copy of that DVD and send it to every music teacher across the United States. I want to send it to all my music teachers, say, play the original, listen to this. Here's my middle finger. Now do you understand what I'm talking about? That's right. You know. That's right. That's right. Of course, now, though, yeah. all of these music teachers... All of these musical snobs, all of these elitists, and I'm not talking within the metal world, I'm just talking in general. They would have heard 80s Metallica. Right. And even even the the musical greatness that was Master of Puppets and Injustice. Oh, genius. They, they would have just it's all trash. It's that thrash metal bullshit. It's 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 just noise. God, I hated that. Yeah, I heard I hated that so much. It would have taken a big hit like Sandman, okay, for these people to wake up and realize this isn't just noise. This isn't. But of course, it took the commercial song to to catch their attention. So now. This is why I'm giving you the horns on, you know, I'm tapping the horns on your back, buddy. That is yeah. a great idea. Send that to them. And when they go, oh, this is an amazing composition. It was a fucking amazing composition in 1983 yes. when you thought it was garbage. Yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> and that's the thing is like, you know, I, I am happy that I have lived long enough to have seen that. You know, yes. and I, I can't even begin uh, to uh. express how blessed I feel to have been able to track Scott down that he gave us some of his time and mm -hmm. sat down and talked to me about it. And then even found out that Scott actually had started his, you know, career with symphonies here in Charleston, you know, oh, right, right. and that's what I was telling the, the clarinetist uh, that I'm, I'm working with at the, uh, the musical. Because, you know, he's he's just out of college. He's down here and playing with different people and stuff. I said, were you auditioning? He's like, yeah. He's like, he's like, auditions work different in the different parts of the country. And I told him, I said, listen, I said, I can't remember. And I couldn't, like, I couldn't remember his name at the time. I said, I can't remember his name right now. But the principal bassist of the San Francisco Orchestra used to play here. He's like, no way. I'm like, yeah, man, you know, <laughs> I, just, I just had him on my show. Yeah. Well, and that's what I told him. I, I, I said, he played with, played with symphony Metallica, you know, cause we're having a conversation because you and I are of the age where our introduction to classical music was from Tom and Jerry and from Bugs Bunny. Bugs Bunny. Yeah. You know, like, like and, got and jazz, got and, like we got a lot of great music because of those cartoons and, you know, we'll have a conversation each night, you know, when we're getting ready in the pit, which is actually a balcony. <laughs> but I was asking him, like, um, because cause I think Gus, I think Gus was saying he's like 30, right? So he's 20 years younger than I am. Yeah. I'm like, so where did you get your exposure to classical music? 
And he's like, well, he's like, I have musical parents. I'm like, okay. So, so that's, you know, that, that's, that's a different thing. He's like, but man, for me, it's Tom and Jerry, you know? Mm-hmm. And then we're talking about how it's SpongeBob, you know, for, for oh, certain yeah, yeah, generations. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, and I'm like, yeah, because I remember like my niece and nephews being in SpongeBob. Now they're in their twenties, you know? And it's like, wow. Okay. This is fascinating. So I, I love the fact that we're seeing like classical music isn't going away, thankfully, right? Because there, there's there's a whole oh, man, that, that's just a whole set of composition and talent that it takes to write music like that. And Cliff Burton, if he was still alive today, dude, not only would they have done Symphony and Metallica he would have written an original composition for both of them. I guarantee it. Oh, probably. And, and, and yeah. he would have, and why he would have scored the whole thing, right? Because cause he was, he really had a different compositional sense than so many other players. And I mean, dude, how was he when he passed? Was he 23 or 26? Uh, it was, I, I don't even know, but yeah, they, they, they were young. I want to say mid-20s, yeah. Yeah, because I was about 16, 17, I guess. He was 24 and they when had he passed to, away. Oh, okay. And they would they had to have been a good, you know, X amount of years older than us. Well, so that means that when he would have written and performed this, oh, actually, I think he started writing when he was like 18 or 19. So when it was performed, he was 21. Right. Okay. Like, I, there's a lot of 21 year old kids that aren't going to be writing music at that level. You know, who who have been classically trained their entire life. You know what I mean? And it's just just like mm-hmm. Cl- Cliff Burton was just such a fantastic musician. Right. More than a bass player. More than a metalhead. More than a songwriter. He was he. He he's the modern day equivalent of what we had back in the day, where you had the band leader, you know, that that would sit down and, and score out the music, play seven different instruments, that sort of stuff like that. I mean, honestly, I don't know if Cliff played more than bass, but like like just Cliff, Cliff was on a different level, and so mm-hmm. like it was like getting getting this album, hearing that song, it was like holy shit, like this is something, you know. Um, yeah, it was, it was different. It <laughs> yeah. was different. Yeah, yeah. I remember like the first the the first time I heard it, or heard and heard pulling teeth. Okay, Anastasia. I I don't even recall there being a song like that before. You know, like yeah, you hear bass solos live and all that, but honestly, I couldn't remember. Is there like another? instrumental and of course the drums and guitar would kick in later but a a song that's basically showcasing what's supposed to be a bass solo was there ever one before that off the top of your head i I don't remember it was something totally new to me so nothing like that right like you've got bass players that have done things there's the nv3345 that uh, billy sheen does with talus and well, you know what? So I'll take I'll I'll take that back. And hang on, let me let me see if I can get this right. Right? Because let me get the, the Wikipedia up here. 
because there's a dude, and actually we t- we talked about this guy. Yeah, so you're gonna recognize the name here, or you should. Um, hang on, I can't spell and talk at the same time. I'm sorry, everybody. This is great radio, I know. Um, <laughs> can you walk and chew gum at the same time? No, no, no. I I can barely <laughs> sit here and breathe. Um, so Jocko Pistorius. Okay. If you tell me what he did, then that because well, the name itself. We we talked about him. He, I believe, he coined the term punk jazz. Um, but we talked about him because Robert Trujillo helped make a documentary about Jocko because Robert helped acquire Jocko's uh, base. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Now this is coming back. Right. Well, and and how this all kind of ties together here is right is like Trujillo is another dude who's on another level. Right. And he just, he, he loves music. He loves to play. And, you know, he talks about like, I saw Jocko back in the day. So you've got Trujillo who is definitely a diehard punk and metal fan who <laughs> completely turned the world on its ear with the baseline to send me your money on, um, you know, suicidal ten- tendencies, lights, camera revolution, and then mm-hmm. a year or two later, following up with the first Infectious Grooves record, right? So oh, ju- yeah. just turns punk and metal on its ear with what he did in that. And he's watching dudes like Jocko Pistorius, right? Now, I don't know this for sure. This is 100% speculation. I'm about to make up everything that I'm telling you. But it's plausible because Cliff Burton's coming up in the Bay Area. The Bay Area ha- is famous for the Haight-Ashbury region, right? That that set of streets, right? Mm-hmm. This is the hippie, you know, the, the hippie haven, the Haight-Ashbury. This is where so much of that stuff was going on. This is home to Primus. This is home to the Grateful Dead. This is home to so many top-level musicians, right, in the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. So Jocko is on the East Coast. He's a New York guy, but they're going to tour around the country and they're going to get there. So I'm willing to bet that Cliff could have seen, I don't know if he did or not, but he could have seen at some point, um, he could have seen Jocko play, right? And Jocko has a piece of music that he called Portrait of Tracy. And it's much more mellow than this. All right. And I think that would, I think that piece of music would have probably been out in 75, 76. Let me see if I've got this right. Yeah. Portrait of Tracy would have been out around 76. And he, he did a few other jazz standards there, but Portrait of Tracy is, Portrait of Tracy is one of the ones that, um, is used for like graduate pieces for electric bass players because it's this insane okay. thing with harmonics and stuff like that, right? And but compositionally speaking, it's at a level, and I'm sure you know. Well, thankfully, nobody who'd be pissed about this is going to listen to this show. But <laughs> I was going to say, I'm sure there's be people <laughs> upset about this. I'm like, nobody listens to this stuff is going to be listening <laughs> to this show. But yeah. I, like. It, it's on the same level, man. Like Jocko and Cliff are on the same level. And especially like being in the Bay area, like, and just having the exposure to music that Cliff had, you know, and just, 
yeah. Sorry, I, I'm just I'm geeking out so hard, man. Like I, I just can't, I can't say enough great things about because, like you know, like I heard puppets, and I'm like, wow, who's this bass player? This is great. Oh my goodness, I love this this song, um, because you've got the middle of Orion, right? You know that boom, and again, that composition, that's fucking Bach level as well. Right? What he does there. Ugh. Metallica does not get enough credit. Like, I'm hoping by the time we're 70, somebody's finally going to be like, yeah, let's talk about the comp- compositional excellence of Master of Puppets. You know? <laughs> but, so, I hear that, and I'm like, wow. And then, like I said, and then I go back, and I get Kill em All. And it's like, holy fuck. You know? <laughs> Oh, I, I I get it. I get it. Like, and you can kind of see. I don't want to say pro- progression because it was still awesome underground thrash, but I don't know. I don't know. There was, and this isn't a knock on anything, but you can tell like Kill 'Em All was record number one, and Master of Puppets was record number two, and you can tell. You know, like there's just they're doing different things in the you know yeah. they're kind of mixing it up. They're kind of doing doing different things. Kill 'em all was maybe the punk album, the Motorhead album. Well, Kill 'em all it. is still the first Megadeth album to me, <laughs> and I oh. know this is oh. blasphemy. Well, I get the joke, but okay, yeah, like the 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 Four Horsemen was was reworked. There's uh, a lot of Dave Mustaine on that first record. There is. There it, is. Even if he's not playing on it, his energy, his influence, he he is a force of nature, mm-hmm. right? Love him or hate him. He is a force of nature. He's going to impose his personality into a piece of music, and that really comes through, right? And, um, like, because I was just sitting down listening to... Um, Killing is my business today. Okay. And, I, you know, I, I wish, I, I wish they could have had a better budget when they did it, because I feel, I, I feel like if the budget was slightly better, we, we'd be able to put that beside, kill them all, mix and match tracks, mute the vocals, and people wouldn't be able to necessarily pick it out. Like, I think we could confuse people pretty easy, you know, but um, I, Dave's influence was so big on that one, but it, it's it, it's anesthesia where you hear what's going to happen in the next two records, right? Because right. that's that's where Cliff Burton is setting up. Like, hey, here's what I'm thinking about compositionally, and we really see that when you get into Ride the Lightning and Call of Cthulhu, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like. Holy fuck, what's this? Right? And then Fade to Black, like Metallica's ballad before Enter Sandman or Nothing Else Matters, uh, rather, sorry. Um, but, you know, Fade to Black was like, wow. Like, not only was it like the slow song, the ballad or whatever, but it's beautifully written and it has those symphonic changes, right? Because great classical music. It takes you through a journey. It tells a story with the music. 
And that's mm-hmm. what you get in Anesthesia Pulling Teeth. That's what you get all through Ride the Lightning. That's what you get all the way through Puppets. You know, and, and to your point, you know, Kill Em All, it is that punk record. It's it's a rock and roll record, right? Like, think mm-hmm. about stuff like, um, oh, fuck, hang on, I'm on the wrong... Uh, or, no, here I am. I am in the right place. All right, track listing. Hang on. So, Hit the Lights, one of my all-time favorite songs. Mm-hmm. Hit the lights. Dude, how many times have you heard some guitar player rip off the riff to Seek and Destroy? That bum bum It's It's a very influential song, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Seek and Destroy, Killer, Fuck no remorse. Uh, honestly, like every every song of this album, Motor Breath. I love Motor Breath. It's how I love my life. You know, Whiplash. Uh-huh. Uh, the only the only song that I probably don't like on here. Like I don't think I could sing any of Phantom Lord. I don't remember it. But the only song that I've never been a huge fan of is Jump of the Fire. Okay, why is that? I don't know. I, d- I don't know. There's something about that. Something about that, that, something about that opening riff. I'm just like, eh, it's okay. Do you think maybe it doesn't fit the album? What's that? You think maybe it doesn't fit the rest of the record? Maybe. I don't know. Right? I don't know. There's just something about it. It's just, I I know so many people love it, but it's never been my favorite. Right? Yeah, it was actually, when they dropped it as a single, like a, a, a 12 inch single with some songs on the like some B oh, yeah. sides and all that. Yeah, that was actually kind of surprising, but it's like, okay, I'll take it. I, either, you know, the fans like it or they just loved it that much. But I mean, the artwork around it is fantastic. Uh, speaking of artwork, I was on the Metallica site. I can't remember what it is. I, I don't know if it's a cooler bag or if it's like a backpack. I think it's a backpack. And it's a puss head art backpack. Puss head uh-huh. Right and on. I want to say they're charging like an astronomical price. Like, let's call it $250. Right? Oh, shit. Uh, well, dude, I am seriously considering it. Because do you know how much I would love to show up to work <laughs> with the puss oh, head backpack? With a, with a puss head backpack. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, be, because you know, like, like we're we're in this we're we're in this time where everybody's like, oh, we want you to express yourselves, and you know, it's important to be who you are. Unless you're a metalhead, then don't be that person. Like that's the best part, is because be, because like I know if I show up with it, it's going to make people really uncomfortable. Be, because it's okay to be anything you want to be as long as that thing is not a metalhead. Mm-hmm. You know, that's 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 still how it goes. But anyway, um, so what? Like, look, what's what's your standout track for you on this record? Oh, holy moly! It was really tough. It was really tough. Um, but Whiplash, I, 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 and I, and I, and I don't really know why. Maybe it's because it's kind of like it's anthemic as well as being like ultra thrashy. Yeah. Okay, and I remember when the first time. I heard this record, okay, and it goes back, it was like 1984, I guess, um, and I'll get to how it is that I, that I discovered, but in 1984, and I first heard it, okay, 
and we're I'm hanging out with a couple buddies of mine and we're discovering you know this we're basically discovering metal at the same time or we became friends through metal after I went metal full time and all that and we're sitting back and we're listening to kill them all and they dropped the f bomb okay and kill them all yeah in um whiplash why did they say in whiplash yeah um there's there's a feeling deep inside that drives you fucking mad wow i don't know if i've ever caught that (laughs) well we caught it right away because wow we're just some dumb 13-year-olds, and you don't, at the time, to- at that time, we didn't hear a lot of foul language in songs. Right. You know, we're just discovering metal and punk, you know, full time. Well, we both heard that. We're like, what? Had to press rewind, because we we're listening to a cassette at the time. Played it again. Myself, my buddy, Sean. Okay, we, we looked at one another. He did. He said, fucking rewound it again wow yeah, yeah yeah he did he did it was so it was like i don't know our 13 year old brains just just couldn't fathom this a couple years later i discovered the band minor threat okay the hardcore the original hardcore straight edge band and like every other yeah. song every other word on some songs is an f-bomb <laughs> well i'm yeah. reading the lyrics now and like so it's like yeah you know, drives you fucking mad. But then later on, it says to let it fucking loose. I, yeah. Never once in the all the time. And I mean, dude, I've listened to this <laughs> album a lot. Never right. have I heard the F word in that song. Now, I'll tell you the song where I did the exact same thing you did. Um, oh, oh my goodness. Oh, I'm. I know when you do things off the top of your head at our age, dude, I can picture holding the cassette for master puppets in my hand. I can picture the album. I can picture everything about it, where it's located, what song it is. I can't remember the song title. Hang on. Apparently I turned on master puppets. Okay, here we go. Damage incorporated. What the hell is wrong with me? So in damage incorporated, Fuck it all and fucking no regrets. That's right. Yes. Fuck it all and fucking no regrets. That's right. Yeah. They they went the extra mile with that. It's one of the greatest lines ever pinned. <laughs> yeah, like it really is. It's, it's just uh-huh. absolutely fantastic. And, you know, that's another one. Just that entire song that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We, we could go all night with Metallica. Yeah. This is really, this timing is really good again because. You know, this weekend is the Metallica film. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you do. You've got to get tickets because I can't wait for us I'm to, going to talk about it. Like, we to. went to the same show in totally different states <laughs> and time zones. But right on. Anyway, right on. Yeah, yeah. With my discovery, like I like I said, I discovered Kill 'Em All. It was 1984. I hadn't like leading up to that. Yeah, like. I was fans of ACDC, The Runaways, Def Leppard. I'm not a big Judas Priest fan or Iron Maiden, but I knew who they were. You know, I just, metal was just, it wasn't a full-time thing. It just, yeah, this is cool, you know? Yeah. 
1984, 13 years old, I was like a kid in a candy store. Discovered metal through Venom. That was my favorite band. But then I'm checking out all of these other bands. And not just underground thrash. Okay, because you had the early days of Metallica, that first Megadeth record, the first Anthrax record, the first Slayer record, Merciful Fate. There is a, a variety of other more mainstream bands as well. Your Maiden Priest. Up here we had Helix, Killer Dwarves, Lee Aaron. I, it's just this whole new... There was a, a, a heavy metal smorgasbord, and I just I consumed absolutely everything and one of the things that i really really dug was kill them all now up here okay it took because um okay like kill them all came out in 83 okay i believe ride the lightning came out in 84 now we never got these albums, including the Venom albums, the first couple Venom albums, we never got them in any real number up here, unless you found a really cool shop, really cool record shop that was going to uh, bring in an imported copy of an album. Okay, That was up here, okay, in the town of Victoria, B.C., where I was living. Okay, we had our cool record shops, but there wasn't a whole lot in terms of imported stuff. Banzai Records out of Montreal, who we've talked about this many times, they just went on a complete tear of just releasing pretty much simultaneously the old Venom, the first Anthrax record, the first Slayer record, and the first two Metallica records. I basically, even though they're a year apart, I bought the first two records. I might have even got them at the same time, or at least maybe a week or two apart, because bands I put them out, you know, together, but just a couple years later. So that's how I discovered them. And basically, I not only had I switched from reading Cream, you know, Rolling Stone, New Music Express, the more mainstream magazines. I also switched um, to Hit Parader and Circus because those the same year, and this, yeah. is, this, is, this blows my mind, the same year, 1984, that I went metal, those magazines went metal full time. Yeah. Now they weren't doing a lot of the underground stuff. We had to go to the imported magazine section. Metal Forces, which was my Bible back then. Metal Forces, Metal Hammer, Krang. They had all the cool stuff. That's how I was reading about all of these awesome underground bands. You know, because I read about them in these magazines and basically took the writer's word for it about how awesome Merciful Fate was. Okay, I had to take their word for it, right. but I could feel I could trust them. <laughs> okay, and I 
trusted them with the with with kill them all and ride the lightning sure enough like i said i bought them around the same time on the recommendation of these awesome rags and it's just wow this this is something special okay it's going to be it was something special in the underground there was no way that these two records were going to have any sort of mass appeal you know on the same level that ozzy had mass appeal how even sabbath maiden bands like helix and all that yeah they 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 have the mass appeal there's no way that kill them all a record called kill them all right. which you would never no major label today and there was no major label back then that would touch an album called Kill 'Em All with that cover. You know, especially since like school shootings are a national pastime in the oh, US geez. now. You know? Yeah. Like there's there's but, no but it's way not because of these records. No, it's not, obviously. But there is no way that today, you know, Universal Records would go, Kill 'em all? Okay, great. We'll, we'll put that out. You know, they're the only way that Electra re-released Kill 'em All is because that is one history they weren't going to be able to to erase. Yeah. And, you know, so and I and, and you have to give them credit. You have to give, you know, Electra credit that they took a chance on this band. Okay, like this thrash band that every other label just would have scoffed at. Yeah. But they they saw something here and they said, Well, let's let's take a chance if this Master of Puppets record, the new one they're working on, if that bombs, whatever, we'll just drop them like they've done with many other bands. Right. And well, surprise, surprise. Fast forward about five years, the Black Album drops, and of course their A and R is like, ah, yeah, I knew it all along. Right. When I, you know, <laughs> I saw it when I first heard, you know, this Metallica band. I knew multi platinum. Yeah, yeah, and it was through my guidance. Yeah, you know, like they're doing that. Meanwhile, it's like, yeah, fuck off, suit. Now, <laughs> I think you're giving yourself way too much credit there. Why don't you give, uh, oh, I don't know, the band some credit, <laughs> some credit here. So, yeah, that, that's how I first discovered Kill 'Em All. It's just like almost simultaneously with Ride the Lightning. That's At the crazy. same time, just like, yeah, it was, it really was a magical time because we were just kind of like, like not not bombarded like you are because there was no internet back then of course and you know how you're just bombarded with content yeah okay because of the internet because of facebook because of Bandcamp and all that i was just i was bombarded with new music but it wasn't overwhelming okay like i could go to a record store every week, which I pretty much did. Okay. And I would find an awesome new underground album or two 
And that was my focus for the week. You know, because yeah, I had all these all the I had all these great records, but like I said, it wasn't enough, you know, like it 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 had my attention. Now I hate to say it, I'll I'll go to a record store today. And there's just so many options, and I'll buy three or four albums and maybe a secondhand CD and a couple magazines and all that. It takes me a while before I get to them. Well, back then, okay, just as a dumb teen, and, well, we were pretty smart because we had kick-ass taste in music. Well, we would buy a couple records and all that and then get them home, put them on, and just all week, just play the shit out of them. And I did that with Kill Em All and Ride the Lightning simultaneously. It, it really was that magic time. Like, I'm getting really nostalgic here. But yeah, it, I, I really it, it absolutely too. was. You know? like, it really was. Well, and I, I got to say, like, there is a generation coming up that I think we're going to get some great music. It's going to take a little bit, but there there's, there's a young generation that I'm seeing on Instagram um, where they're blending classical and metal a lot more again. And the kids have way different influences than, because I mean, dude, you remember when we were coming up, if you listen to classical, you didn't listen to metal. You know, if you listen to jazz, you didn't listen to metal. Like you were mm -hmm. a jazz kid, you were a classical. Like, oh, I'm a serious musician. I listen to classical. I'm like, I'm a serious musician too. I listen to all of it because fucking oh. great. Mm -hmm. You know, like what's wrong with you people? And, uh, dude, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm with you. I am definitely nostalgia <laughs> for for the uh, for the old days there. No, I totally get that. Do you got anything else you want to throw out there? Because I do got some tunes here that 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 we want to get to. Oh, let's see here. No, no, I I, I think I think we've covered it, right? Like, like it's okay. just such an influential record. And I mean, like when I look at the track list again, I'm like, yeah, like I know every one of these songs by heart, like mm -hmm. still. You know. <laughs> and that's a, that's another thing like i have so many albums okay that i couldn't name a single song right but i love these albums like but uh, just i have so i have so many over the years like back then 1984 1985 every song memorized in yeah. order in order we knew we knew every member of the band you know, like we knew ex members, like it just, and now this day and age, we're just, we're just, there's too much information and we're just too overwhelmed and all that. So, yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Let's get into some tunes here. If there was no Blitzkrieg, there might not have been a Metallica shall we say so i figured maybe it'd be very apropos and blitzkrieg okay yeah they were the darlings of the new wave of british heavy metal and all that but they kept going and to this day and age they're still killing putting out some killer tunes so let's drop a track more modern day recently recent blitzkrieg this is reign of fire 
The Shining Wizards is the greatest wrestling podcast of all time. Don't believe me? Tune in and check us out. We laugh, we cry, we interview some of the greatest people in professional wrestling, and we have some of the greatest segments of all time, including everyone's favorite wrestling game show, Can You Beat That? We're live 6.50 p.m. East on Monday night on all social media platforms, and we're with you wherever you go on every single streaming and podcasting platform as well. Check us out. Go over to ShiningWizards.com and join us for some wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. G'day guys, my name is Thomas, one half of the Broadcast Podcast. With our podcast, we go back and watch wrestling events from WWE, WWF, WCW, ECW, AEW, and many other wrestling promotions. You can check us out on Twitter at the Broadcast, that's T-H-E-B-R-O-K-A-S-T, and you can also download all episodes on Apple Podcast, CastBox, Castro, and many other podcast apps. What's up, everyone? When on the Shining Wizards Network, be sure to check out Wrestling Night in Canada. If we're not recording another kick-ass podcast, or playing in punk bands, or recording kick-ass heavy metal albums, then we're sitting back, we're grabbing a couple brews, and going over everything to do in the world of pro wrestling. Because we're from Winnipeg, you idiots.
Metallica, obviously, like even like even back then. Okay, they were so influential on the '80s underground scene because by the time like uh, the yo- the younger fans had first heard "Kill 'Em All," had first heard "Ride the Lightning," that inspired them to pick up the axe, pick up the bass, pick up the drums, and see what they can do with it. That was definitely the case with Australia's. Mortal Sin with their classic debut, Mayhemic Destruction. I remember when that from this record first came out and Metal Forces magazine was all over it. 10 out of 10 stars, Mortal Sin is the next Metallica. Like people were saying that back then, not knowing how Metallica was going to blow up. You know, they were going to just be this awesome band in the underground. So even back then, oh, the next Metallica and all that. And a lot of people were saying that about Mortal Sin, that was women in leather. And thank you so much, dude, for bringing up Pusshead. Okay, because it definitely, we would have definitely have dropped the ball if we didn't do a septic death song (laughs) shall we say because yeah he was this amazing artist and skater and all that but when you start getting into the uh, the the underground and all that a lot of us remember pusshead from septic death and one of my favorite records back then was the need so much attention ep and one of my favorite songs off of that was a core of reality absolutely fan Fantastic stuff. Um, you know what? We're going to be going into extra innings, but I'm kind of going on at the teeth here to introduce these bands in tonight's Indie Spotlight. We're always on the lookout for fresh new talent. Check out this Indie Spotlight. Our longtime listeners will remember um, we had an interview in our Creature Feature special. One of those, it was one of those times where our interview segment was basically reserved for um, bands signed on bigger labels and, and, and whatnot. And then any unsigned bands, you know, would... Um, that we wanted to give that extra oomph to, we would introduce them in, or we would interview them in our extended indie spotlight. Winnipeg death metalers in Humed, didn't we, I I think we said, you know what, We, we really dig this band, we really dig them as people as well, let's, let's give them a creature feature and all that. So our, our our um, longtime listeners will remember Winnipeg death metalers inhumed. Well, they recently dropped their new EP, Feasted Upon Lycarion. Maybe that I was supposed to pronounce that. Feasted Upon Lycarion. Okay, basically, vultures eating your corpse. 
because that's that's just the way in Hume roll. <laughs> I would say. And yeah, yeah. Um, the the new album came across my desk. Hey, Snowy, can you play in Humed? Little did I know that Mr. PR guy, little, little did he know that their vocalist, Mike, is a good buddy of mine. Okay, like I hang out and watch wrestling with him, which he's one of those fucking guys at the, uh, at, at the WWF Raw right now. <laughs> okay, so, so, yeah, so they, they sent it. They, um, the Mr. PR, you know, sent, sent the record across my desk, but you know what? I still want the physical copy. So when Inhumed recently had their, their record release show, I had to make sure I was front row center and grabbed a physical copy from the aforementioned Feasted Upon Like Carry On. This is Winnipeg Death Metalers Inhumed. With fed to the skies.
So it was kind of a tough choice this week because, like I said, yeah, I want to do the new Inhumed record. Like you heard it, it's fantastic, okay? But I was really impressed by Regina, Regina Punker's Bats Out, who, as I mentioned early in the show, came through town supporting the legendary Ripcords. Had to do a track, had to do a track from them. I got their latest self-titled release on vinyl right here in my hot little fists. That was a beatdown. Check it out, check it out. Really great stuff. Facebook.com slash bats out. And of course, inhumed Facebook.com inhumed. Just go on Facebook. You can get all their information. They'll send you exactly where you need to uh, go. Well, my friend, it was so good to hear your voice. Again, I know you had a lot going on. And, you know, quite frankly, not that this is something you need to take a holiday from. But I figured, okay, well, you know what? I could always... I could always call up one of someone else from, you know, from the Shining Wizards Network and we'll have a we'll have them on as a guest guest DJ and just play some tunes or, or whatnot. But it's like, yeah, you know what? I don't know if I really want to do this without Aaron, you know, so and obviously, you know, life life takes priority over stuff stuff like this so actually i i didn't mind the little the little sabbatical myself so but once again i'm sure and all of our listeners will uh will back me up on this when i say it. so good to hear from you again my friend can't likewise wait. dude i was yeah. so excited to talk to you tonight i'm like i can't yeah. believe it we're really gonna talk tonight we're gonna do this yeah yeah it seems that it really wasn't that long but it did did it did kind of seem like it was. How can uh, people get a hold of us? I don't even know if I know. This is going to be the test right here, right? So radioactivemetal.org, all the episodes past, present, and future. Um, dig for that Scott Pingle episode, right? Uh-huh. I'm pretty sure it's somewhere in our description or the tags or whatever, so you should be able to search for it on the site and find it. Um, you want to check that out. And if you haven't seen... Um, Man, if you haven't seen the concert film of uh, S&M 2, you need to see it. It's it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm so excited for the movie theater this weekend. Mm-hmm. This is going to be fantastic. So RadioactiveMetal.org, all the episodes we've done, past, present, future. You can find us on um, iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, anywhere you can find a website, right? If you, if you, or a podcast, rather. If you can find a podcast, you can find us. Um, if you want to see us socially, facebook.com slash radmetal at radmetal666 for Instagram. Um, we are on Spotify. The reason mm-hmm. we're on Spotify is thanks to the fine folks at the Shining Wizards Network, shiningwizardsnetwork.com. Whole host of lifestyle podcasts out there. They also host our sister podcast, A Wrestling Night in Canada. Where the host sounds just like Snowy. Yeah, yeah. It's a good looking guy. For Handsome sure. motherfucker, right? That's yeah, yeah. Sexy which, motherfucker which, over there. <laughs> which, which both 
my co-hosts, Matt and Ducky, they're both at Raw right now as well. Have either of them bailed on you for a Monday night show? Uh, no, I'm going to no, say probably good. not. But if yeah. they have, we're going to totally bust on them next time. That's right. That's right. Unfortunately, yeah, there's no metal shows really of any of any note really going on going on tonight. So it's like, okay, you guys. You guys go check this out. But like we said earlier in the show, all of these people are able to be up all all hours of the night, you know, cuz by the time they get home, it would be about 11:30, I guess, which with this day and age even though it's at a club or a theater, shows are ending earlier and all that. So, yeah, you you would you would have time to get home eleven thirty midnight from a metal show, you guys. Yeah, your cool Uncle Snowy is putting everyone on notice as of right now. Um, to get us on out of here. Blown away, thoroughly impressed by Texas death metalers stabbing, who recently came through supporting the uh, legendary defeated sanity. Really, really, really cool stuff. Um, let's go with the title track from their latest record, Extirpated Mortal Process. I can't believe I got that first crack. That's pretty good, dude. Right on. I'm serious. Right on. <laughs> So, in the meantime and in between time, that's it. This has been a Speak Em All episode of Radioactive Metal. I'm Snowy White. And this is Aaron. Signing off.